Hello, hello. Welcome to A Dreamer's Experience, Conquer the Chaos. I am Sean Laurie, and as a father and four, and being an entrepreneur, I want to give you guys different insights and tools, either for myself, my wife, or others, that will not only help you be a better parent, but help you as an individual be able to conquer the chaos. So, guys... This week, I'm so excited because I have Mandy, who is amazing. She actually provides advocacy services to people with disabilities. Um, there helps, I'm sorry, excuse me, help, helps them with their parents and also um, caretakers. So um, I'm just, I'm just super hyped. I'm super excited to have her on here because um, she's similar to my wife, guys. So the fact that I have her on here is like a big W in my eyes. So I'm super excited. Um, but what I like to do, Mandy, um, I like to do a little icebreaker just so we can get the jitters out, okay. right? So, um, what is one song that, uh, comes to mind that you either, you have to sing or maybe your kids have to sing, um, or you guys sing it as a family? Like, what is that one song that, if any? Oh, um, you know what? Like we really, um, cause the three of us are mm -hmm. so different. So for me, like. I like anything that was from the eighties. Mm. So, um, and any kind of music. And then I have Sonata who loves worship music. Yes. And then I have Mariposa who is like into rap, hip hop, R and B and stuff. So, um, I wouldn't say there's one song no. or any one of us, um, because there's just always music going on, okay. whether it be in the car, whether it be at home. So, yeah. So, so it's not like there's no like Christmas song or no, uh, no, um, no, you know, um, no, no, there's no like one song. I, you know, and I think like when it comes to music, like I don't even mention that I listen to the 80s because they're considering that oldies right now. <laughs> I'm just like, wasn't that long ago, but True. so <laughs> I. There's like not one like particular song or that I'm like like really into like well, right now. I don't listen to a lot of music lately. Really? So, yeah. All right. All right. Um, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to change that. <laughs> yeah, I have Sonata. I have Sonata in the background all the That's time, true. singing That's true. and listening to her music. She is a a, a famous artist. Yes. Artist. <laughs> that is true. In the making. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. so I would love for you to just share like your story and how you got to the place you are today where you are really, you know, providing these great services to um, people with disability and helping their, their, the parents and things like that. Like, what is your story? Um, just a little bit of your story and just how you got to the place that you are now. Well, I mean, it started with, um, of course with Zanata. Like yeah. I, that's where the majority of my experience stems from. So yeah. um, she was diagnosed with um, moderate to severe autism at a year and a half. So from that point, there's just been, she's 18 now. So mm -hmm. there's just been many different situations where um, I have had to be her advocate, um, which isn't, um, isn't that big of an issue because I'm the mom. So obviously I'm going to go up to bat for her. Mm. Um, but it really kind of the idea kind of um, kind of blossomed because um, about four years ago, I started homeschooling my children through a charter school mm. and my, and Zanata had to meet with a special education teacher for a couple mm. hours a week. She worked with another student. And so me and that parent we're always in the lobby talking. We got to know each other really well. Um, and she was just uh, like, I would not want to go into an IEP meeting with her. Like she mm -hmm. is just like that strong of an advocate. And so she wanted to start an advocacy business. And, um, you know, we would talk about it all the time and, you know, they were, it was just an idea that we had. I didn't necessarily want to be um, someone who would start a business mm -hmm. um, because I was already working in healthcare. Mm -hmm. So um, at the beginning of COVID um, earlier, early in the year, she actually passed away 
And so it kind of got shelved because I felt like it was her idea and she would be able to, you know, plan everything. And I was just going along for the ride. Like basically I was going to volunteer for her. Like I just, you know, knew that there was a need and because like it just kind of got shelved and I felt that she was the one that should have led that aspect. I could still see the need for advocacy for, for people with disabilities, um, not just like within the school system, which is where I'm majority, the majority of my cases are, but just out in the community. Zanata mm-hmm. is now a young adult. So I see where there's just not a lot provided. There's also not the things that are provided. Like there's not a lot of access um, Mm. for them to like really enjoy being out in the community. So, um, so that's kind of how it got started. And it just kind of, I didn't really expect to be as busy as I am, Mm -hmm. but um, I am. (laughs) And, I'm thankful for that. Um, and, but also it's unfortunate that I am that busy. So, but, um, it's helped a lot of families and it's kind of like grown into something even bigger because it's, it's conversations that need to start Mm -hmm. about disabilities. What does disabilities look like? What does that mean? The mindset that we all have as far as disabilities go, I mean, that could range from anything. Yeah. And there's an old mindset of what disabilities I mean. The history behind um, people with disabilities is, is sad because they weren't, they were thought less of, mm. they, like they couldn't accomplish anything. They weren't going to be productive, you know? And so even though laws have been changed, that old mindset is still kind of there. So if you're somebody who doesn't deal with special needs um, and you don't know what parents are going through on a day-to-day basis or what a person with disabilities is going through, then it makes it kind of more um, difficult to have a shift in mindset. So that's why it's important to have those conversations. We're taught that to be ashamed of the fact that somebody in your family is disabled. Yeah. And that's so in the land of social media, like people aren't posting a lot of the time, like my child just got diagnosed or um, this is what, this is what is happening. And we just had a, a mutual friend, actually, she posted something about her child And I sent her a note because I thanked her for that because people need to know like what, how these kids struggle. Yes. Like the story of Zanata, like how she struggled into where she got today. She did all that work. um, And there was a team behind that, you know, Mm. what does it take? What is it? You know, people need to know that. And I think if people knew that, then they, I think there would be a shift in the mindset about disabilities. I like that. So, um, well, one first thing I want to say, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm sorry about that, which your, which your friend passed away. Um, but her dream is still alive through you, which is amazing to me. Um, so that's, that's awesome. Um, and I want to also ask for those that don't know, what is, a IP meeting, like what is that? For an IEP kids? meeting is an oh, individual. It <laughs> <laughs> it's an individual education plan. So okay. basically, when we go in and a child has um, education services given to mm-hmm. them, then mm-hmm. it's put into an IEP. Mm-hmm. And once it's put in there, it's basically law. So the school has to provide those services for a child. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. You can just, you can't just be like, we don't really have that here, so we're not going to do it. No, you have to provide it for this child. If you aren't, then the parent can go in. The parent has rights, so does the student, to go in and tell them, you know, like my, 
needs aren't being provided. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the school can, can be in a lot of trouble for that. So they basically, if they say, well, we can't provide those needs. Okay. Well, where's my child going to get those needs Mm -hmm. service? So they can be sent to a different school to a specialized school but the school that they originally started at is financially responsible for that. So schools more or less, they, they're going to work with you. They Mm. don't want to be dinged by the state or by the law stating that they did not provide services for somebody. Mm. So it's important. It's important that parents know what their rights are, Mm -hmm. that they were given those rights at every meeting so it's important that you actually do read that. Okay. Like, I understand, like, you're going to a lot of meetings and you get them every time and you're just like, okay, yeah, thank you. Make sure you look at it and know what your child's rights are and what your rights are as a parent. It's mm-hmm. really important that you you know that so that you're, you don't go in there. Not knowing. Not knowing. And yeah. then you end up losing services for your child. Mm. So. So you said something too, as far as like, you know, having that team, having that support system and excuse me, it made me think of, you know, at times people, you know, depend on what's going on with your child. You know, people may stare kids. They don't know you. you, Of course you tell the, you tell your kids, Hey, you know, something's going on here. Hey, you know, don't judge whatever the case is. But a lot of times it's adults, right? The ones that are staring or whispering or, snickering or whatever it is Mm -hmm. so um what is if you see maybe a parent struggling maybe you know in public in certain situation or 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 whatever the case is whatever is going on what can we do you know as just a regular citizen what can what can we do when we witness that is it just more so hey you know what just don't don't be staring and and make a little comments here or is there something we can do to help? Like what? Yeah. I think the staring in the comments should go away. Like, yeah, I know I... that like as someone that was young mm-hmm. before I had children, before mm-hmm. I was even like, I've dealt with special needs in my family, mm-hmm. but not to the extent of being a parent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm in my twenties, you know, we've all done it. Like we've mm-hmm. been in a restaurant at a, you know, yeah. store, and we see a kid just throwing down on the ground. Like, yeah. he didn't get his way, like, and mm. what's our response? Yeah. Our response is like, ugh, like, my kid is never going to do that. I will beat my child if he ever yeah. does that, you know? So, because we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't sure. know what that child is going through. Mm. You can tell the difference between a temper tantrum and a meltdown. Mm. And I can't tell it more because I know what meltdowns are and I've experienced them with Sonata, but you can tell when a child is throwing a temper tantrum and they want candy, then, and the mom's like, no, you can't have it. And so he's throwing himself on the ground and he's just throwing a temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. And the mom is just like, okay, here, like, I don't want to deal with this in the store. She just hands him a candy bar. The kid shuts it off like that. Mm. He's like, I got it. Like, I got what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to to do this. A child with special needs isn't able to shut it off. Yeah, true. Because it's not because they're spoiled or they have poor behaviors. It's because um, they're trying to process. Why is it that I'm not getting this something? And if you've dealt with anybody with autism, like, they're focused. Yeah. Like that one thing, that's their focus. And so they're trying to process why, why didn't I get that? And um, so you hand it to them. You're like, okay, here, it does nothing. Like, so there's a difference. And so the stairs need to stop. I don't think approaching a family, a person, a parent mm-hmm. would help because yeah. I know the more people that if they surrounded Zanata, the more the it would escalate. So it's sometimes better not to if a parent and some parents won't accept the help. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. not gonna like 
Yeah. Okay, who's this strange guy coming up to me that's and asking true. me th- like to help with my child? Yeah. That's so true. sometimes they won't accept the help. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's always best to if you do truly feel that you can be of help to just ask the parent, hey, can I help you out? Yeah. Um, and if they say no, like, okay, like, I couldn't help this person. So but you can see that going to stores, going to different places mm-hmm. is super anxiety filled process. You have to get your kids ready. You have to prep them for this outing. You have to make sure they try and maintain in the store. Like it's, it's stressful. And so if your kid doesn't maintain and starts having a meltdown, it's doubly like more stressful because then you have other people looking at you and judging you. So that makes it like difficult. So that aspect, like, I think we just need to be aware that when kids are having a rough time in the store, mm-hmm. to kind of have more empathy for parents. Mm-hmm. Like, we can sit there and say, you know, like, that kid needs to be spanked. That's what mm-hmm. needs to happen. But we're parents. How many times has that happened to us? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we, and I do have a neurotypical child. So, it happens to yeah. us, even with kids with, you know, no special needs. My kids were extremely well behaved. So mm-hmm. it happens regardless, yeah. you know, so we're judging people um, based on their parenting. Why, why are we doing that to other parents? No, that makes sense. That, that's, that's a fair point. Cause I was <laughs> thinking like, for example, my youngest, um, my, oldest son he, he was very shy and stuff like that too but i feel like my youngest is even worse he has like really bad social anxiety like really really mm-hmm. um when he, if he's with me he's fine but even then he's like hanging on super tight you know and i yeah. have really prepare him and that's just with that right not not to downplay that like that's a real thing but i can only imagine like like you you know prepping zoe and things with, with different outings and things like that in the past you know, or, or just parents in general, how that can probably be. Right. Because our kids have to adapt to yeah, our exactly. world. Exactly. We're not adapting to them. So we're basically telling them mm-hmm. from day one, there's something wrong with you. You can't act that way. You can't do that. Mm. You know, we're constantly telling them. And I'm not saying like, just let kids run wild in stores, mm-hmm. you know, but at some point, you have to look at that and not pass that judgment on people Mm. because we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what that child is dealing with. Mm. Um, You know, I'm thankful that I don't have to deal with that aspect Mm. now that Zanata is older, but it was rough, like probably for the first 10 years Mm. that she was, but I had to keep taking her into stores, taking her into restaurants I wanted her to be able to be in those environments, yeah. you know, and, and not have people staring at her mm. and not, I wanted to her just to experience going to a restaurant, um, going to the movie theater, going to the grocery store was rough, but I had to learn that there were other things going on with her. Like she has sensory integration disorder Mm. and I didn't realize that, but the lights really, Mm. the minute we stepped into that store, she would just fall apart and I couldn't understand what was going on. So my thinking is like, I'm just going to keep taking her, keep taking her. And eventually she did adjust and acclimate. Um, She is able to self-regulate. Um, so that she doesn't have those episodes okay. when she's out in public. Yeah. And she's very social, which is very, um, not a lot of kids with autism <laughs> tend to be that social, but she's very social. So, but she still has a hard time. Mm, okay. uh, because does, does some of it have to do, because I remember when I worked at the school, um, I cannot remember, but one of the students, he had like, 
five, six different things, whatever, like literally was kicked out of different schools. <clears throat> and they told us, and when they told us, um, you know, they told us some of the like extreme things he did. And so I remember some of like the teachers and stuff were already kind of judging them, already kind of, you know, viewing him a certain way. And I kind of let him be. I would say, hey, what's up? You know, um, or I, I would even like compliment him. Hey, I like those shoes and just, you know, go by my day. And then one day he saw me and he was, he just gave me like a fist pump. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And but I, he started to trust me where now he, he would just randomly come up to me and start talking to me about certain things. Right. Yeah. And he had like, he had so many different things like going on with him. Like, um, cause he would just randomly just, um, like he wouldn't want everyone basically, like you said, like, uh, he wouldn't want a bunch of people all at once coming towards him. Right. Um, for, for whatever reason, but it was just, it was just very unique to me where he would literally, you know, not want to be bothered, but then he would come up to me, for example, and just start yeah. pressing certain things. And so I was just wondering because, you know, the other teachers like, Hey, don't do this. And they would even follow him where we was, we was instructed not to follow him. Like, Hey, yeah. he gets his episodes, just let him be, you know, he'll come back around, just let him be. But um, my question, I guess, to you is, is some of it, too, as well with trust? Like, is it maybe like, you know, is, is one of those things like you have to really um, build their trust up or is it just depends on on the situation? I know for Zanata, like report is everything. Okay. So creating a report, she used to have this when she was nonverbal, mm -hmm. um, her dad didn't have a report with her. Okay. Because he couldn't, he couldn't put himself in that place at the time. Mm -hmm. And he would come home and she'd be like playing with all of her toys, lining them up. She's mm -hmm. in her, she's focused. Yeah. He'd come home and he'd walk in the door and he would, you know, say hi to her. And she would look up at him and then she would look back down. Mm -hmm. And he would be like, she hates me. Like, she doesn't hate you like yeah. if you created a rapport with her like she would more than likely not have that reaction mm -hmm. and so I made him like do occupational therapy because everything was home mm -hmm. because she was so young like so she was only two three at the time and so he did like maybe like four sessions mm -hmm. and there was such a huge turnaround and the rapport between the two of them. Wow. Like, because he was working with her um, and helping her communicate. And so that helped a lot. And it helps. <clears throat> Zanata tends to have really good rapports with people. We tend to have rapports with people because um, we, but there's always conditions behind it. Sonata does not have those conditions. Like, um, she just, if somebody's even mean to her, she still like extends that, that love for them the next day. Yeah. Like it's done, it's over with. And whereas, you know, we're here being all salty, holding grudges. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, so <laughs> she, she doesn't have that. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, it's a good thing and sometimes it's not a good thing. So, um, so it's definitely a trust and, um, for Zanata, like she, she trusts people and until you show her otherwise, it doesn't, it doesn't wreck the rapport. Mm. It doesn't change things for her, whereas it would for us. So, um, it's just something that, um, over time that she, when she was young, it was helpful because that was how she was able to learn from her peers mm -hmm. because she created rapports with them. When this whole time you're being told as a parent that your daughter is not going to be able to create these rapports because she's autistic. Mm. They have no social skills is what you're being told. So those are steps that, but you can't sit there and say like every person is different. Yes. Every child's different. True. So they learn differently. They just, even our neurotypical kids are, are it's, um, it's different for each and every one of them. So um, trust is huge for, 
her kids follow through is everything to her. So, so like you said, <clears throat> you know, every child is different, which I know I have four kids. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I definitely understand that. Um, for you, you know, having your two amazing daughters who I think the world of, mm -hmm. um, but how, like, how, like, how do you navigate through that either, either from yourself or either, you know, um, you help parents and things like that. How do you navigate through that when the parent is where the parent, you know, one, one child needs more attention, obviously, than the other? Like, how do you navigate through that, basically? I, th I think it's difficult because you have to find. So your neurotypical kid who doesn't have special needs finding where um, finding that fit for them. Mm. I don't want Mariposa to be in the position of being a caretaker for her sister. Mm. That was my whole thing of her when she was younger. Like mm. I don't want her to be, they were attending the same school and I specifically told the school, if she has a meltdown, you better never ever brings mariposa to come and try and fix that mm -hmm. because there's going to be a time where she's not able to and i never wanted her to feel that because it's the worst feeling when you're not able to comfort your child mm -hmm. so i didn't want her to experience that as a sister so mm -hmm. i really worked on making sure that Z mariposa had her own thing um separate from zanata um and in some instances, it worked, and in some, it didn't. So I, I know Mariposa would probably, she probably would tell you, Zanata's spoiled, like, she got all the attention, I got zero, like, she, who knows? She's, she's a mom now herself, so that may be not the case, but it was, it's difficult on siblings. It definitely is, because at times, I I would tell her, you know, I'm it for Zanata. Yeah. I'm her voice. Mm. I, your sister can't do certain things. It's harder for her to do things. And at the time, I know that that was the wrong thing to say to her because she was so young and because she's a child too. She yeah. needs attention too. So um, trying to make her understand that is not, is definitely not the route to go. That's what so. I was going to ask, like, how, how do you, you know, um, um, for the parents out there that, you know, may be dealing with that, um, how do you help your child not to feel that resentment, maybe, you know, um, which is, is difficult, right? Because you yeah. have to obviously give a lot of your attention to your child that, that needs the most attention, obviously. It's just right. like, it's just like, it is, doesn't change if you, you know, if you had a baby, you know, and, and your child is 16 and you, they're like, hey, I'm. I'm, I'm still ready. here. Yeah. Like, Hey, I got this going on. I have this game. You're like, okay, I understand. Like I want to go to your game, but you know, your whatever one year old brother has a fever, right. <laughs> or whatever the case is. So um, obviously it's a little bit different, but just as far as like, how do you, right. Because with, with a, with a little child, obviously they're like, okay, it sucks now, but they'll grow out of it. And they're going to be doing their own thing. I don't really mm -hmm. got to worry. But I was seeing this situation, like you said, like, hey, I'm in a lot of ways there. They're, I'm, I'm my child's voice. You know, I'm the one that's going to make sure right. some things are taken care of, because if I don't, who will? Right. Yeah. So how do you um, as a parent, I guess, how do you at, at least be maybe maybe you can't necessarily prevent it all the way. But how do you make sure you're conscious of making sure your child doesn't feel you know, left out. Or, I, don't, or... I don't know of like a lot of families where this sibling didn't have resentment. Mm, okay. I, I think it's rare and I'm not sure what those parents, I have to find those parents first because I okay. want to talk to them and find <laughs> out exactly what they did. Mm. I know that Mariposa is now in the mindset of if something happens to my mom, I'm going to take care of Zanata. Mm. Like she's in that mindset now. And I'm thankful for that because there's things that I have set in place for Zanata. Mm. And so, so it eliminates like a lot of worry, but I think for 
for siblings to not have that resentment. It's good to create things that are their own thing. Mm. And like for Mariposa, it was volleyball. It was, there were moments where I would take her certain places and we still do this now where I go certain places um, that Zanata won't go to. She might not like the food. She won't eat there or whatever. So then I, me and Mariposa will go and do those things together mm. um so it's important to do that so it's their thing yeah it has nothing to do with zanata or you know but it i think the thing that i would do differently is include her a little more mm. in probably zanata's therapies a little more so that she would have I feel like she would have had a better understanding of mm -hmm. what Sonata was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's what I would have done differently as far as um, what if it, I don't, I don't think it would have like eliminated the resentment. Yeah. Um, I feel that, you know, teenagers, they yeah. sometimes yeah. they go through their thing and it's like, you know, so um, I know that, that resentment is completely gone and mm. that's just from their interaction with each other as young adults. Yes. Um, so, you know, and I think a lot has changed since Mariposa has become a parent herself. So oh, um, I think she, she definitely is very, she's more nurturing towards, <laughs> and she's always been very protective, mm -hmm. but it's more of like on a, like you touch my sister yeah. And I'll come after you type of kind of protection. <laughs> it wasn't like nurturing, like I love you type of thing. Hey, that's that that was her way. Okay. That yeah. was <laughs> um, yes, I know. <laughs> but but you said actually I think too, you in a way, I think you did, even though like you said, hey, I want to find those parents, right? Mm -hmm. That that um there was no resentment, but I think you actually nailed it on the head where you know, being able, again, not where they have to necessarily be the caretaker at a young age, do everything, but just have an understanding, right? right. It's just like, for example, if, you know, um, I don't know, your, your kids are old enough, but, you know, it's not working out. You're, you're like, man, okay, it's not gonna work out with, with your dad or your mom. And you let them know, hey, you know, I really care about them. But this is what was going on. Obviously, not everything, but hey, you right. know what you love? the love fell off and, you know, there was someone else and I'm focused on you guys. Now I think as a child, of course you'll be upset, but you understand like, okay, wow. Like, all right, well, you know, whatever, this was an unhealthy marriage. Right. Right. Like I'm sad, but I get it, you know? And right. so same thing as far as, okay, you know what? It sucks that my mom's giving all this attention, but I get it. My sister, my brother is dealing with X, Y, and Z. And wow, that's a lot going on. Like, matter of fact, that makes me want to be even more protective over them. Right. right. Even though I get upset. But so I think that I think what you said is actually, you know, just a, a, a I think it's great just for them to really have an understanding. Hey, these are the things that's going on. And they, you know, whatever the situation is, maybe, you know, they literally can't control when this is happening. Right. Right. And, and they just, create their own perception. Yeah. You know, we're not there explaining things to them. So um, they're creating their own perception, like maybe at six years old, like yes, in their six year old mind of <laughs> this is what's happening. Like, and it may be bigger than what it really mm -hmm. is. And I even know, like, even when Mariposa and um, the girl's father and I split up, like, I made sure, like, they, Mariposa was young. She was four, mm -hmm. but I wanted to, like, explain to her i didn't want her to be like oh like we're just apart yeah because this doesn't concern you it's not it doesn't have anything to do with you hmm. so we told her and explained to her in a way of like oh like you know how your sisters your half sisters come and visit um that's what you're going to be doing like i explained it that way yeah and she jumped up and she's like we're moving that's so <laughs> cool you know like she was so excited and I was like, and then she, she was going somewhere with her dad and she takes off to go get her shoes. And I'm just like, that did not go the way that I thought it would. 
and um he's all she doesn't understand like (laughs) and so that was her perception though so i think you create that perception if you don't talk to your children and i think we're taught that like kids shouldn't deal with adult things but this is their family Mm -hmm. zanata is part of this family so how do you explain Mm -hmm. on her terms when she's six or seven Mm -hmm. you know when she becomes a teenager how do you explain those things Mm -hmm. so i i I think that's why i I say now that i would have her more involved and um you know i don't think she would have been opposed to that Mm -hmm. you know because then she would have been included and i think that was probably something that she was missing growing up like that so um there's a lot of obviously or not a lot it happens where there's there's resentment you know maybe isolation feel alone as a as a sibling um but i want to ask maybe as a parent like is there times as a parent where you either you or or people you work with where they feel maybe isolate in a way and if so what can they do about that or is there like a community is there certain thing like how do you go about that if you do feel like you know like oh man I no one really understands where I try to talk to my friends but they're not dealing with the same type of situation you know um just feeling almost like alone in that sense like did you ever deal with that or did have yeah I mean I definitely I'm from a small town so I, there wasn't a big support system there. Mm-hmm. I had to search for it. And even parents with special needs, mm-hmm. they weren't a huge support because our kid, like I said, each of our kids are different. We're dealing with different things. Um, it is good to find support within that community of mm-hmm. special needs with parents because they know what you're going through. They under- They have that understanding. But sometimes it's important to be with your own, the people that are around Mm -hmm. and kind of being involved in that aspect. And I think that just kind of goes along with like, you just want, especially for your child with special needs, like you want them to be accepted. You as the parent want to be accepted as well. And so when you experience certain things that you don't see that happening, then you tend to like withdraw and like these aren't the people that I want to include because, but that's where those conversations happen. I didn't have those conversations where I'm explaining what it is that is going on day to day. Mm. So they don't know what I'm going through. They have a mindset of their own, whether it be good or bad but they're not having any understanding. So obviously, naturally, we're not going to see eye to eye. And so I'm going to withdraw and not be a part of that group. Mm -hmm. And so you're excluded, but you also tend to isolate from things. I'm not going to take Zanata at the age of six. I'm not going to take her to church Mm -hmm. and have people staring at me or people making comments or mm. probably telling me that that she doesn't belong there. Like wow. it's yeah. hurtful. So why put myself through that? Why put Zanata through that? Um, so it's real easy to self-isolate. And I think parents need to, to not do that anymore. They need to have those conversations with people. Yeah. Um, because we, what, what we don't understand, then we can't really see what is happening. Mm-hmm. Like we're basically just looking in through like glass and we're yeah. seeing this kid's struggling. This parent is also struggling. Um, I don't have to deal with it. So I'm just going to go on my merry way. Like, <laughs> You know, and we can even say, you know, I know somebody that has a child with special needs, but you don't truly know Mm. because that person has not had that conversation with you. True. 
So conversations need to happen. People need to be more open about discuss, discussing things um, rather than being ashamed. Um, and I know that there was a, an occasion where a family member, we they took Zanata to a birthday party. And this was when she was little, nonverbal. And so she's playing with other kids when normally she wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So she's playing and someone who knew that she had a diagnosis of autism had made the comment to the family, to our family member, like, you can't even tell that there's anything wrong with her. And they were just so like relieved that nobody noticed that she was autistic. Yeah. And so you think like people make comments like that because they don't know, they don't know what it's like. And I don't feel that people should have to experience it mm-hmm. in order to to know. Yeah. You either share or you don't. And if you don't, then there's not going to be a change. There's not going to be a shift in mindset ever. Because we're keeping it to ourselves, and we're keeping it where we're being told uh, we have to be in our own little community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not what needs to happen. And it's not going to happen for our children. Mm. when what they want is to be accepted and to be out in the community. So I think like, you know, until people don't feel that, um, then there won't be that change. But I think it will happen. Eventually, I'm hoping it will happen in my lifetime. (laughs) You know, I think a lot more parents are open to discussing things and talking about it. So I have two more questions for you before, you know, I, let, I, I close this out. Um, what is one thing, I guess, that you wish people would really um, understand when it comes to parents that are, you know, um, <clears throat> raising a child with a disability? And then the second question is, what are certain things or what is maybe that one thing that um, either uh, they should know? Um, from the like maybe their medical provider that that can help them on certain things that they might not know about or or what is something that um, if it's not maybe some with the medical provider what is a way what is basically a certain support like what's a, a support that um, that either the, the medical can do or, or or a group that you know of can do or something like that well I think like for medical providers and, and it's only because I experienced this mm-hmm. when I went in and was like there's something going on when mm-hmm. so not a lot of doctors and I get it like we're in an age where people are going on WebMD and they're diagnosing themselves and going in and being like I have this you need yes. to give me this for it like I'm sure doctors deal with it all the time I know that they deal with parents that are like maybe first time parents, they're worried about everything. Like, um, so I feel that doctors should definitely have like an open mind. Um, and that's, was my experience. My doctor was very open to, you know, sending us out on referrals to, you know, check certain things that were going on with Zanata. Um, he was, he even told me at one point, you know, Hey, like, you're doing a good job. Like, you know, just cause she's not talking like second siblings talk later anyways. So don't, don't worry about it. I want you freaking out and thinking, Oh my gosh, my daughter's autistic. Like, don't think that like you're doing a good job, but he was still sending us out on those referrals because I was telling him, you know, these doctors don't live with us. No. So they don't see like what's happening they only have those few minutes with that child to really, you know, so just have an open mind, you know, give the parent the referral so they can have things checked. The earlier, the better, you know, early intervention is something that kids benefit from. Zanata benefited from that. Um, mm-hmm. She received services at a year and a half. So, and it helped her in the long run. So, um, it's important that they have an open mind um, for sure. So, and that's the experience I had. And I'm really thankful for that. That's good. Okay. And then I guess, and then the, 
the other question, basically, what is something that you feel that either, you know, just people or other parents that's not necessarily dealing with, uh, or not raising, I'm sorry, not raising a child with disability, what is something you, if you could just tell them one thing, what is one thing you wish that they just understood? Just, you know, the judging, the, the standard. I think that, you know, our families are not that different. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have a child with special needs, mm -hmm. but day-to-day um, -day stuff is pretty much the same as, well, not your family because you have littles and running around. <laughs> but day-to-day -day stuff on how we deal with our teenagers, you know, things still come up um, whether they're delayed or not. Like, we are dealing with other instances where, you know, out in the community where we have to be the voice for our kids. Mm -hmm. And it is stressful dealing with schools and dealing with um, doctors and the whole slew of things that we have to deal with. But our families are not that much different. Mm -hmm. We're still a family. Yes. You know, we're still able to do the same things um, that anybody else can and you know i i'm thankful for the communities that we've been in whether it be with church whether it be with um at some schools i won't say all of them but some schools mm -hmm. and i think it's also important for you know because teachers are part of that and therapists are part of that um and they have a job to do and it is not, and it is one team that's working together for the success mm -hmm. of this child. Um, it's not us against them. Yeah. So um, I think the perception of disabilities is needs to change. And that happens with education. So if you are open to finding out more, then do that. You know, if you have a friend who has a child with special needs, find out more about, um, about what it is that's going on with that child. If it's autism, find out more about that because the spectrum mm -hmm. is huge, you know? So, um, find out how your friend is doing Yeah. as a parent, like, you know, um, there's so many things that are going on with these families. Like, you know, if you're married, like at the time, when Zanata was diagnosed, the success rate in marriages was, or of divorce happening was at 83% if you oh. had special needs involved in your, I think that my, I'm hoping that has changed because I think there's more people that are more apt to, uh, to step up and mm -hmm. show up for their children. Mm -hmm. um, special needs are not. So I think, I I should probably that should be something I look should look up but I think there's just so much going on so you know we have fathers who are um, dealing with special needs and it's different for them yeah. it was very different for Zanata's father because um, here I am a mom and I'm like I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure Zanata has the help that she needs. Mm -hmm. um, whereas her dad was just like, what is going to happen to her? How is she, like, he was so far ahead that he was so worried and just like, what is going to happen to her? How is she going to, um, who's going to be there for her as she gets older, you know, and, so that were, it was very different for him as a father. So, you know, I think as friends um, and you see that happening, like it's totally good to be like, especially if you're guys, like to find out like, hey, how are you doing? Like, yeah. um, what's going on with your son, with your daughter? You know, is there anything that I can do? If, if that was presented to me, I would have been so, so appreciative of that mm -hmm. um but it definitely got me into a pattern of like i have to do this on my own mm -hmm. because i don't have that support so i think 
think that would help um, parents like just alleviate a lot of that stress. But there is truly not a huge difference yeah. between the two. So, man, I, man, I'm I'm really enjoying this this conversation. Um, <laughs> as as we close out though, for those that you know need that that support that that you provide or would love for you to speak somewhere or, you know, just the service you provide, where is it? Obviously Facebook, if you're watching um, from Facebook, um, obviously the information is on the screen. Um, <laughs> so you can <laughs> find her on Facebook, right. but um, you know, or if they want to contact you another way or whatever, what are different ways they can maybe contact you? They can definitely contact me on any social media, um, Facebook, I'm on Instagram. Um, you can email me directly. And yeah. so that um, social what, media has been. Instagram, what they want to. Well, you don't even know. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. You know, I because I use Facebook a lot more. I just okay. recently started using Instagram more. Okay. Because so I noticed that yeah. there's a bigger, like, audience as okay. far as like I've been getting like a lot of hits on Instagram lately so that's been kind of nice okay so I know I'm, my name is on there Mandy Granados and some numbers I don't I don't know I'll so have I, will to, put the, I will put the I will post that in the comment maybe. yes I'll, I'll put in the, <laughs> in the comments on YouTube I'll put it on there as well um so if you guys do want to contact her on Instagram on Facebook um, her email as well definitely definitely do that guys um if you guys haven't please subscribe on youtube a dreamers ambition or on uh follow on instagram a dreamers ambition facebook sean laurie um actually if you want to find if you're not my friend or connected like that i guess go to sean.laurie87 and it should pop up um also uh, if you're not part of the community, I definitely encourage you to be part of the No Perfect Parent group. Um, we're definitely just trying to encourage each other, sharing stories. I literally was just sharing a story earlier about my crazy son. Um, but, but yeah, so <laughs> like always, guys, like always, you know, before I go, I just want to remind you parents to keep being an inspiration and never downplay your impact for your loved ones so that you can conquer the chaos. I'll see you guys next week.